The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Sukkah has been dedicated by Celia and Isaac Jamal. Hashem Alehem Yehu Amen for the Hatzlecha of their dear children. May they see much nachat from all of them. May they all grow up and get married in the right time and have children healthily, happily with berachah vatzlacha. And may they see uh, descendants and descendants of their descendants. Ad bi'ad go'el sedek. Amen. The Masechet has also been dedicated Le'ilu Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden Amen Again by Celia and Isaac Jamal To school the Mitzvot Staff has been dedicated by the Crady family For the Refuah Shilemav Rachel Bat Sarah And Aharon Ben Sarah Ena Refana Lahem Ena Refana Lahem Ena Refana Lahem Refata Nefesh Refata Guf Refatam Kribala Bebekin Yerason Venomar Amen Amen. The staff is dedicated as well in honor of the Daf Yomi class in Sharisiyon daily, as well as the class of the Daf with the Rabbi. The skeleton is what? Daf Nun Vav. Today's Daf is being studied. Alun Shmat Abraham ben Esther Hashem ben Yehan ben Gan Amen. Today's Daf is being studied. Alun Shmat ben Ruhamet Shneftered beKitzudi Amin Vishani Mazal Bat Frida Ruah Hashem ben Yehan ben Gan Amen. We begin today's daf on Nun Amud Bet, starting at the Mishnah <coughs> towards the bottom of the page. But Nitin three times a year, which is actually the Shalosh Regalim, the three holidays. called Mishmarot Shavot. All the twenty-four Mishmarot divided equally be'imure Harigalim with the Korbanot of the holidays. Now the word Imure usually is used for the part of the Qurban that goes on the Mizbayah. So the Gemara is going to ask the obvious question, how do they split the part that goes on the Mizbayah? But we'll wait for that for the Gemara. And the dividing of the 12 showbread. We know that every Shabbat, uh, the old bread was uh, removed off the table, and the new bread, the new 12, were set. The old twelve were split amongst the Mishmar Hayyotseh and Mishmar Hanichnas, the entering Mishmar and the exiting Mishmar. However, on Shabbat of the Regalim, all the twenty-four Mishmarot would divide equally the Lehem Hapanim. Again, three times a year, these two items were divided equally. The Korbanot of the Regalim, which is really the Shalmet Todah, the Korban Shalamim, the Kohen gets the Hazeh and the Shok. He gets the chest and he gets the shok as the legs or the uh, thighs of the animal and uh, the skins as well of the animals. So that is all given to the uh, Kohanim, all 24 Mishmarot, as well as the Lehan Panin, that's the Shabbat of the Regalim. Ma'atzeret, now on Shavuot. Let's discuss in the case of Shavuot that comes out on Shabbat. You have the 12 showbread, Lehan Panin, which incidentally is Matzah. It is not chametz. The twelve lechem apanim is matzah, and you also had shteh lechem. You had a special korban for Shavuot, which was called the two loaves of bread. They were made out of wheat. Now the Gemara, the Mishnah says they would divide those two items equally as well amongst the twenty-four mishmarot. Now the hadush of the Mishnah is that everybody has to divide equally the twelve showbread. You split it amongst twenty-four, and then they divide equally the two. 
shtei alechem of shavuot. You do not divide it one for one. Meaning, you don't give a piece of lechem apanim and the other one takes keneged it. A piece of shtei alechem. You have to divide each item completely amongst the twenty-four. So therefore, the Mishnah says ba'aseret on shavuot. Omer lo, they would tell each kohen, helach matzah. Here's a piece of matzah from the lechem apanim. Helach hametz, and here's a piece of hametz from the shteal lechem. So every kohen got a piece of both items. Mishmar shizmano kavua. Now the mishmar that it is its week to serve, which means even on the regalim, there is a set mishmar that according to the rotation had to serve that week. Now regarding all the things we just said, now that mishmar is. Non-effective, meaning he doesn't uh, have any rights over any other mishmar because all the other twenty-four mishmarot are dividing everything equal. However, he does have rights regarding the following: who makriv temidin? He is the one that's makriv the korban tamid because the korban tamid shoshan and shul ben is not a holiday korban. That's a daily korban. So whoever's in the rotation that week, that mishmar handles that korban. Nidarim v'nedabot. For that matter, anybody that made a vow during the year or a donation that he wants to fulfill it on the holiday, that's again not a holiday korban, that's a private neder or nedava, the mishmar kavua, the set mishmar of that week, settles and brings that korban, ushar korbenot sibur, and for that matter, other korbenot sibur, which the Gemara will explain what this is coming to include, umakriv etakol, and he, they sacrifice all, now the Gemara will explain also what those words umakriv etakol means, so basically to review this Mishnah, <coughs> we learned a few things. Number one, three times a year there was equal division for the Korbanot of the holidays, that's on the Shalosh Regalim, as well as the Leha Mepanim was divided equally on the Shalosh Regalim amongst the 24 Mishmarot. Secondly, on Shavuot, the 24 Mishmarot would divide equally Leha Mepanim as well as the Shteh <coughs> Lechem. Thirdly, the Mishmar Kavua of every, any given Regal had rights for the Qurban Tamid, which is not a holiday Qurban, as well as Nedarim and Nedavot, that were personal uh, vows and donations, as well as what the Mishnah calls Qurbanot Sibur, which we'll see what that means, as well as Hakol, which we'll see what that means as well. <coughs> and now we go to the uh, Gemara. Gemara says, You told me that the Qurbanot of the Regalim are divided equally amongst the 24 mishmarot shel gavawaninu. What do you mean? Emurim are the fats that go on the mizbeh. How do you divide something that belongs to the gavawa? Amar of Chazda, ma amur bergalim. When it says emurim, it doesn't mean emurim fats. Read it amurim, meaning that that was said, meaning the korbanot that were said regarding the holidays. That's what they said. Now, what are the korbanot of the holidays? The shelamim. Everybody has to be the shelmeh hagiga. The owners eat, but there's a part of each shelamim that goes to the kohanim. So what the Mishnah really means when it says, um, you read it as the korbanot that were said regarding the holidays, which is the shalmei hagigah. We have a brighta. How do we know this fact? How do we know that on the holidays, Shashon Shalagalim, Indeed, all the mishmarot are equal in dividing up the korbanot. Talmud Lomar, we have a pasuk. Uba bechol abat nafsho. The kohen will come. Bechol abat nafsho. This will, whenever he wants, v'sheret, and he will serve. Which is, the pasuk is really telling us literally that a kohen, even though it's not his mishmar, 
he's able to come any time of the year, and when he wants to bring the Qurban, he is able to bring the Qurban himself. Even though there's a Mishmar that's serving in the Beit HaMikdash, but if he wants to come, Bechulabat Nafsho, whatever he wants, Bishirit, and he can serve. So the Gibbara says, Yaakol Atbishari Mutashanakin, which means, does this apply uh, that he can serve and get to eat from the Qurban any time of year? Meaning, uh, can he go, let's say, during the year and say, I want a piece of the Lehamat Panin? You know, can he just go now and demand uh, uh, you know, rights for the Qurban that are being brought? When there's a given Mishwab, any time a Qur'an wants to come along and now say, I want the rights. Does that apply? The end of the Pasuk says, in one of the gates. This was only said at a time of year where all the Jewish people are entering one gate. When do all the Jewish people enter one gate, which is actually the gate of Jerusalem? On the Shlosh Legalim. Which means during the Shlosh Legalim, the Kohen can demand, I want a piece of the Lechem Panim, I want a piece of the, the Korbanot. Then already, now any Kohen, any Kohen of any Mishmar has equal rights not only to serve, but equal rights as well to Eat the korbanot. So therefore, what time he is this said? At the time that the Jewish people are entering through one gate. Now, that she does point out that the uh, pasuk over here refers to the kohanim as Leviim. So that she just tells us that that happens throughout the Torah. It's normal 24 times, as a matter of fact, the Torah refers to kohanim as Leviim, but Leviim in this context means, indeed, the uh, kohanim. Okay? Comes the Gemara and continues. He can do his own any time of the year. Yes, he can do his own any time of the year. And the Hiddush is that he has rights to Lehamah Panim and as well as uh, other Shamah Hagigah, etc. during the Regalim. Comes the Gemara and says. Okay, now we have the next question. How do we know that they divide equally the Lehem Panim on the Yerigalim? So we have a Pasuk of it that says, which means equal shares they will eat. Which means all the Quranim when it comes to the Lehem Panim will have equal shares. Now, uh, it doesn't really say in the Pasuk, it's from Al-Lehamah Panim. So we have to deduce, how do you know that when it says, Halik, Halik, equal share, that's referring to Al-Lehamah Panim. So it says, Kehalik Avodah, just like we learned above, that the Kohen that comes during the holiday, he, he can share in the Avodah, meaning everybody serves equally. Kach Halik Achila. So too when it comes to items that are Achila items, which is Lehamah Panim. There's no Avodah by Lehamah Panim. The Avodah of Lehamah Panim is actually done a week before when they place it on the table. The dividing it up is not considered Avodah. That's just considered Achila. So the, what the, the Raj is saying like this, Just like we just learned. This Pasuk is written right after the Pasuk we just read. Just like we just learned that on the holidays, all the Avodah is divided, meaning vesheret, the pasuk said above, and he can serve, meaning on the regalim, the queen serves, every queen is equal, all the 24 mishmarot is equal, so therefore we're saying, so too, when it comes to eating, he's also equal, now what's the item that's considered eating? Lehadapanim, so therefore also it's uh, divided equally, so come to Gemara and says, my achila, well, let's deduce, let's analyze, what is achila, what are we talking about? Eating my korbanot, if you tell me that they divide equally the eating of the korbanot, mehatam nafka. What do you mean? We know that already from the last derasha that we said. La kohen hamakriv otak lo And that pasuk it said that the kohen that sacrifices on the regalim gets to eat it. 
So we know already that the Qurbanot, since he brought it as Avodah, he served, he is allowed to eat. So what is Akhila referring to over here? Mm-hmm. He must be referring to Lehamapanim. Yaqul. Oh, can the Mishmarot divide also obligations that are brought on the Regal but not Regal related? Meaning that even the Davot, can the 24 Mishmarot get equal or does that go to the... To the mishmar of that week, tamud bereg, tamud lomar levad mem karav ala avot, excluding what was sold by the avot. What was sold by the avot? Ma machru avot or bought? What did the avot, meaning the early ancestors of the kiona, buy? Zela ze ani b'shabbati b'atam b'shabbatcha. You get your week and I get my week, which means the early kohanim they established amongst themselves the mishmarot, and they made a decision. You go this week, I go that week. They, they divided amongst themselves the 24 Mishmarot. That's called Mimkarab ala Avot. The items that were bought were transacted by the early Kohanim. So those items already were transacted earlier, meaning my week is my week. I get all the items of this week, which means the Tamid, the uh, Darim, the Davot, that are not holiday related. Oh, the holiday related items, that's already divided equally. Not only is the service divided equally, but the eating is divided Equally as well. And this person was coming to tell us, not about the Qurbanot, because Qurbanot we know from the last person, must be talking about which really has no avodah. It's just an eating uh, situation, and that tells us also that just like they divided the avodah and the Qurbanot, so too they divide the eating of the Lehamapanim. Oh, you might say, could they divide also the um, uh, the uh, the uh, daily korbanot? No, levad mim avot. That already was just divided already amongst the Qurim themselves when they when they decided amongst themselves. You get this Shabbat and I get the other Shabbat. So those are not divided equally amongst the twenty-four mishmarot. Okay, just to read one Rashi to get a little more clarity over here. Ani b'shabbati v'atab b'shabbatcha undarim undavot. Right, vows and donations. The korbanot simur diitnu b'shadim Now those korbanot apply all year round. Varehin the mishmarim shemesh. That goes to the serving mishmar of that given week. Litnu beklala regel. That's not included in the regel. Shelo yushavin ben. Right, and there's no equality when it comes to those korbanot. Ela the mishmar shebo shavua yehu. That goes to the mishmar that's serving that week, which means the rotation still continues on the regel. There is still a mishmar in the rotation that serves that week. So the Pasuk is coming to include an item that only has eating. There's no Avodah. Why? Where's the Avodah of the Lehamapanim? Like I told you, that was done last week when they placed it on the table. But the dividing it amongst the Quran and the Avodah, that's a dipping up. That's considered the Mitzvah of Akhila. Mishnah continues. Ba'atzeret Omer Lo Helach. Okay, we learned in the Mishnah that on Shavuot they would divide not only the lechem panim, which incidentally was matzah, but they would also divide the shteh lechem equally amongst the twenty-four kohanim. Itma. Now we go into a statement over here. Um, we're going to come back to the statement of the Mishnah. But we have an Amoraic statement. Rav Amar Sukkah v'Hakach Zeman. We learned earlier that on the first night of Sukkot. We make a shahayanu. Actually, according to the Gemara, you have to make a shahayanu when you build the sukkah. But if you didn't make a shahayanu when you built the sukkah, so then we said you say it during the kiddush when you enter the sukkah. So now the question is, well, what do you say first? You have to say the sheikh sukkah, 
And you have to say, Shechayanu. So Rav says, first you say, Sukkah, and then you say Shehayanu. Well, this is the hayyuv of the day. I mean, the hayyuv of the day is sukkah. After all, it is sukkot. And therefore, that, that goes first. That proceeds. Why does zeman go first? Tadir v'shinot tadir tadir kodem. Shehayyanu is said more frequently than the sheba sukkah because shehayyanu we make every holiday. Whereas sukkot we only make on sukkot. So therefore, he works with the principle of tadir. Therefore, making shehayyanu first. So comes the Gemara and says, Let us say that this ma'lokit between Rav and Rabba Barhana, we found a similar ma'lokit amongst the Tanaim, Betelel and Bet Shema. It's actually a famous ma'lokit that we learned from the Mishnah in the Sechet Berachot. The Tanu Rabbanan, we learned in a Brite as well. The following items, Betelel and Bet Shema, argued regarding the Sauda. Actually, this is a case of Kiddush. Bet Shemai said, first you make the Kiddush Hayom, that would be the Berakha, Baruch HaTashem, Kiddush Shabbat, and then you do the Yain, followed by you make gefen and then the kadesh shabbat. Now the Gemara gives two reasons for both opinions. The reason why you make the yom first and then the yain shayom gorem the yain shayavo. Means what's causing the wine term to come at all? The yom. There wasn't for shabbat to be no yain, so therefore the yom is adif. And number one, number two, uchbar. And this is already a second reason. Uchbar kidesh. And secondly, the day comes before the wine. Already the day is sanctified at sunset, automatically, before you even got to the Kiddush. So therefore, in chronological order, since the day comes in first, and then the Kiddush is made, so therefore it makes sense to make the, uh, the Yom first. So again, let's review the two reasons of Bet Shammai. Bet Shammai's two reasons is, number one, the Yom is Gorem the Yayin, Lavo, and number two, the Yom comes in first, and then it is followed by the Kiddush. He says, no, you make the Berakhan, the Yayin, then on the Yom. Right, if you didn't have wine, you're not making Kiddush. So it's the wine that's causing the Kiddush to be said. Or for that matter, if you didn't have wine, you'd make it on bread. So Betelah would say, you make the bread, and then the Yom. Because the bread is causing the Kiddush to come. But the point is, since the wine is causing the Kiddush to come, so therefore you say the wine first. Another interpretation, Berkatayayin Tadira. Which is obviously the Berakhah is made more prevalent than the Berakhah because the You can make the Berakhah Yain every day. So therefore, we work with the rule of Tadir. So again, the two reasons of Betelel are the Yain is Gorem, the Kiddush, Te'amer. And number two, Tadir Vesheinor, Tadir. Now the Gemara wants to apply this Mahlokat of Bet Shammai and Betelel to the Mahlokat that we just had with Rab and Rabbah Rahana regarding Sukkah and Zman. Let's review that Mahlokat. Rab is the opinion that said first you make Sukkah and then Zeman. And Rabbah Rahana said first you make Zeman and then Sukkah. So comes the Gemara and says, Lema Rab de Amar Kebet Shammai. Let us say 
that Rav will go like Bet Shemai. Just like he puts Sukkah first, he puts the Yom first, so too, like in the Kiddush that Bet Shemai did. He put the Yom first. And Rav put Zeman first because of Tadir, so too he'll go like Bet also went with Tadir, that put the Yain first. So then we want to, you know, connect the two Mahlukot and say that they are similar. Rav, Rav comes along and says, no, I could be saying my opinion even according to Betelel. Over there, by the case of the Kiddush, he said what? The reason why the Yayin comes first is because why? The Yayin causes the Kiddush to be said. But over here in the case of Sukkah, Ilav Zeman. If, let's say, there was no Zeman, Milo Amrinan, Sukkah, which means you still have to say Sukkah, which means it's not the Zman that causes the Sukkah to be said. After all, whenever you go into the Sukkah, you have to make the Merakah. Yeah, which means there's no uh, dependency of the Zman, uh, the Shahyan on the Sukkah. The Sukkah you have to make regardless. For example, like you said, let's say you made this Zeman before when you built the Sukkah. Right? You still have to make a Merakah. And the sukkah. So again, let's review what Rav just said. Rav said, huh, I can be going even like Betelel. Even though I said over here you do sukkah first, but Betelel will agree to me. Why? Because the only reason why Betelel said you do the yayin first, that's because the yayin causes the kiddush to be said. However, we're not going to say that the zman causes the sukkah to be said. The sukkah is said even without Smart, so therefore I can be going even according to Bet Hillel. Then Ababa Barhana Mar Lechar Ababa says, Anna Damia Filu Bet Shamai. Ababa Barhana comes along and says, I said you do Zeman first. So you thought I'm Bet because I'm going with the principle of Tadir. Ah, Bet Shamai could even be agreeing with me. How? Akano Amni Bet Shamai Atam. What was his logic? That the reason why the Yom takes precedence because the Yom causes the Kiddush to be said. Right? The Yom causes the Yayin to be said. But what do you want to say over here? What do you tell me? If you don't have Sukkah, you're not going to say Shehayanu? That's not so, which means the Sukkah, even if you don't have Sukkah, you still make a Shehayanu. What's, what's the proof? We learned earlier, if a person didn't say Shahyanu on the first day of the holiday, he could say it all holiday, I feel basuk. He could say it even in the marketplace, even where there is no sukkah. So therefore, that which Rabbi Baruch came along and said, you do zman first, even Bet Shemai could agree to that. Bet Shemai only said over there by the Kiddush, that you do the Yom first, because the Yom causes, brings the Yayin. Right, if it wasn't for the Yom, for Shabbat, there'd be no Yayin. But you're not going to say, if there wasn't Sukkah, there'd be no Shehayanu. No, even if there's no Sukkah, there'll still be a Shehayanu. So then Bet can agree to me that you put the Zman first because of Tadir. And therefore, the Gemara try to uh, establish a connection between the two Mahlukot. But really, each rabbi can say that I'm even going according to the other opinion. Comes the Gemara and says, Tanan... We learned in a Mishnah. Ba'atzeret, it's our Mishnah actually. Ba'atzeret omer lo helach matzah, helach hametz. Right? On Shavuot, we divvy up amongst the Kohanim, the lechme panim, which is matzah, and we divvy up as well the hametz, which is the shteh lechem. 
On Shavuot, what's the Chobatayum of Shavuot? What's the, the day? It's Shavuot. So the Ikar of the day really is the Hametz, the Shalechem. Umatzah Tafel. The Matzah is really secondary. I mean, the Lechem of Panim is secondary to the day of Shavuot. Viketani. But the Mishnah says, how do you divvy it up? Helach Matzah Vehelach Hametz. Which means you put the Matzah first, meaning you put the Shabbat before the Chobatayom. And therefore the Gemara says, This is a question against Rav. Right? Because what did, what did Rav say? Rav said that when it comes to the uh, uh, Sukkah, right? First you do Sukkah, and then you do uh, Zeman. Then you do the Shehayanu. Which means you're putting the, uh, the Sukkah, which is the day, you're putting it first. Now he, which is the Chobatayom. Sukkah is the Chobatayom. However, now Mishnah... You're not putting the Chobatayom first. When you're dipping out the breads and the matzah, first you're saying, Helach matzah. Helach matzah, that's a lechma panim. Then you're doing Helach hamet. So you're putting Shabbat before the Chobat Hayom, because the Chobat would be Shavuot. Again, let's repeat that question. Rav holds, you put Chobatayom first. How do you know you put Chobatayom first? Sukkah and then Shayanu. But Amishnah doesn't say that. Amishnah and Shavuot seems you put Shabbat before Shavuot, because when you're dividing up the... Bread, you say, Helach Matzah, which is Shabbat, and then you say, Helach Hamet, which is Shavuot. You see, the Chabat goes second, comes again, says, well, you're right, you're right, I know I'm not going like the Mishnah, but I have another Mishnah, or Tanaic opinion, that I do go like. The Tanya, Helach Matzah, Helach Hamet. One Tana says, like our Mishnah says, Matzah, take, and then take Hamet. Abba Shaul Omer, Helach Hamet, Helach Matzah. So therefore I'm going like Abba Shaul. That puts the Chobat Ayom first. Darash Rav Nachman Ba'arav Chazda. Lo kedivrei Rav, da'amar sukkah v'arkak zeman. We don't go like Rav that puts sukkah further than Shehiyanu. Ela zeman v'arkak sukkah. First you make Shehiyanu, and then you make Lashem Sukkah. V'rav Sheshat b'red Rav Idi Amar, Sukkah v'arkak zeman. That's why we mahlok libin da'alaga. He puts Sukkah first and then Zeman. Bilchetah, Sukkah v'arkak zeman. The first you make Lashem Sukkah, and then you make Zeman. The only question is, what Tosafot says on the bottom over here, Bilchetah, Sukkah v'arkak zeman, v'lo haishinam nistam nitim. What do you mean? That's going against our Mishnah. The Kintani, Helach Matzah, Helach Hametz. Our Mishnah puts the Chobat Ayom. Puts Tadir, right? Puts Helach Matzah, puts Matzah for the Chobat Ayom. Second, the Yod Tam Hilchetah, Sukkah, Atak Zeman is putting the Chobat Ayom first. How do you go against the Stam Mishnah? So the Tosfot says. Veloch, I shouldn't understand, man. He didn't dictate Helach Matzah, Helach Hametz. In the Meh. All we could say, you know what? The Hamapanim is considered Chobatayom. Even though it's really from last week. The bread is last week, it's one week old. Remember, Paro and have to take it off that day, it is considered Chobatayom. So there's no contradiction. You really have to go according to the Mishnah that Chobatayom is done first because the Hamapanim is considered Chobatayom. Comes the Gemara continues Mishmar Shizemano Kabua. Okay, so we said that the Mishmar that has its set time, so they get the Nidarim, the Nidabot, 
Then the Mishnah said they get two more items. Kol korbanot sibur. All public sacrifices. And a kol. And for that matter, they get everything. So the Gemara says, Ushar korbanot sibur, latu yemai. What is it coming to include? Latu yepari alim davasha sibur. Pari alim shabasha sibur is if the rabbis made a mistake in the halakha, and the majority of the sibur followed the halakha, meaning they transgressed in isur, that's punishable by karet. Now the... A sibur is obligated to bring a par alim davar. They have to bring a par. That's a korban sibur. So let's say that happened on uh, one of the regalim. So the mishmar um, kavua uh, brings the par alim davar shel sibur. The and the sa'id. That's what if the majority of the people worshipped avodazara. So therefore, they have to bring a special korban. The sa'id avodazara. That's also brought by the. Um, uh, the uh, that uh, that betin. Okay, of course, betin made a ruling; it's a mistake. Therefore, uh, they bring that. That makes maybe it's sibur. Maybe it's a sibur item. It's not necessarily a you know a personal thing. I mean, it's like a korban sibur. So therefore, maybe everybody has a halakha. Comes the Gemara and says, "Who makrib et akol?" That mishmar brings everything. And we learned that the mizbeach constantly has to be fueled, which means let's say after they bring the tamid shen ben albayim and they bring the ketoret. Now the Mizbeh is just lying empty. It doesn't always lie empty. Let's say people are bringing their personal korbanot, but let's say it's a slow day. Right? So therefore, the Tamit Shashahar. Of course, after the Tamit Shashahar, you can't That's bring it. anything. But in between the Tamit Shashahar and Tamit Shashahar, if the Mizbeh is running low on animals, they had a special uh, fund that was called the Kaita Mizbeh Fund to keep the Mizbeh fueled. Now, who brings those extra korbanot? The Mishmar of the week. Kaitz, as she says, is like from the Shon Kinua, dessert. She's that's like a dessert for the uh, Mishmar that they're uh, in charge of bringing that. Okay. Comes the next Mishnah. Yom Tov, a Samuk Shabbat. Okay, you have Yom Tov that comes close to Shabbat. Which means either Yom Tov is on a Friday, that's before Shabbat. Or Yom Tov is on a Sunday, which is after Shabbat. Hayu kola mishmarot shavot bechaluk lechamapanim. All the mishmarot are equal regarding the lechamapanim. Now, I'll tell you the bottom line case. You know the Gemara is going to analyze it. The case is as follows. Let's say the last day of the holiday falls out on Friday. Okay? Now, the Kohanim that are there, or whoever's there, all the mishmarot that are there for the holiday, can't go home Friday night. Shabbat. So Shabbat, even though it's not a holiday anymore, and we said they only split equally on the holiday, but since they have no way to get home, they divvy it up even on Shabbat, which is really Isluhag. For that matter, if let's say the first day of Yom Tov is on Sunday. Now if the first day is on Sunday, Shabbat is not a holiday. But how are they going to get to the Beit HaMikdash? They can't travel on Sunday, Yom Tov. They can't travel on Shabbat either. So they had to come for the weekend. They had to come from Friday. So since they had to be there, so therefore on that Shabbat they also divvy up the Lechem Panim equally. So the Hadush of the Mishnah is there's two cases where the Mishmarot get equal division on Lechem Panim even though it's not a regular yet. Even though it's a regular Shabbat. That's when Yom Tov Rishon comes out on a Yom Tov Rishon, Yom Tov Acharon comes out on a Friday and there's no chance for them to go home. Or Yom Tov Rishon comes out on a 
Sunday where there's also no choice for them to come only on Friday. Okay, so comes the Mishnah and says, "Yom Tov, Asaruk Lishavat Bim Lefanei Bim Lacharei Ayu Kol Mishpanot Shor Bechaluk Lechmat Panim Haliyot Yom Echad Lehavsik Ben Taim." But if there's one day in between, meaning if let's say the holiday begins on Monday. So now, if the holiday begins on Monday, and these Kohanim figure it'll take a long weekend, so they come on Friday, you're not getting the Lechem Parim on Shabbat. You could have came on Sunday. You, know, you don't have to be there. Or for that matter, let's say the holiday ends on Thursday. Let's have a day, go back home. Go back home Friday. You have a traveling day. That you decided that you don't want to travel on Friday. You want to stay for the Shabbat. You're not getting an equal division on the Lechem Parim. Okay? So again, the Mishnah says, "Hal yot yom echad lefsik bintayim." If there's the day in between, meaning the holiday begins on Monday or ends on Thursday before, mishmash mizvano kavuayano ten eiser halot. Well, the mishmash that's up for that week in the rotation, they get ten out of the twelve loaves. Vamit akiv no tel shtayim. We do give them seventy. We don't want them to stop, but we only give them two loaves. Now, regarding the division of the Lechem Panim all year long, that was the system, which means the Mishmar that is leaving, they take six, and the Mishmar that is entering, they get six, so it's an equal division. The Biuda says it's a seven five division uh, advantage Nichnas. Means the mishmar that enters gets seven, while the mishmar yotze gets five. The Gemara will explain the reason why. And nichnasim holkin basafon, the people that enter, they divide in the north. The north was the primary place of the Beit Hamikdash because that's where they brought the Kodesh Kodashim. Korban Hatat was in the north, and therefore the mishmar that's entering, well, since they're entering and they're serving that week, they get the primary position where they divide the bread. We put them in the north to indicate that they are the mishmar that is. Entering, well, the darom is not a primary spot, so therefore the mishmar that's leaving, we put them in the darom so everybody will know that's the mishmar that's on the way out. Bilga, but the mishmar that's called bilga, Well, they always would divvy up the le'arabim in the south, even when they were entering. And that was a penalty that Tachimim gave them for the reason the Gemara is going to say on the Amud Bet. The Tabata their ring was sealed. If you remember, we learned the Masikat Yoma. So on the northern side of the Mizbah, there were 24 rings. Now these rings right. were movable. I mean, you could lift up one side of the ring in order to put the head of the animal in the ring and close it and make Shahita. Each Mishmar had their own ring. However, Bilga's ring, they, they put a padlock on it, so to speak. They locked it up. Why? Because of the penalty again, and they wanted to, them to use somebody else's ring. They didn't want them to have their own ring. The Halona Setuma. And their window was sealed. The window there refers that above the uh, area of the Mikdash, you had Ta'im, like uh, offices. And in the office, they had like lockers. And the Kohanim would leave their knives... The shi'ita in the lockers. Each mishmar had their knives. The locker, we'll call it. They call it a halon of Bilga was locked up. Then they let them in. So those are three different things that Bilga got punished. Number one, they always split the bread in the south, never in the north. Number two, their tabat was kivwa, was locked. And number three, their halon, their locker was locked. The Gemara is going to explain why this happened. Comes the Gemara now and explains. What does it mean that the holiday comes out before Shabbat and after Shabbat? Now the Gemara is going to analyze the case. 
Ilima lefaneha yom tov rishon. Well, if you're going to tell me lefaneha means Friday is yom tov rishon, leacharea yom tov acharon, and leacharea means Sunday is yom tov acharon, is the last day of the holiday. Haynu Shabbat shebetoch ha-hag. What's the hidush? That means that Shabbat is holiday. Which means, what do I do sometimes? If you tell me that the first day of, Shab- of Yom Tov is Friday, and that's the case of Samuch, of course they divide on Shabbat. Shabbat is day number two of the holiday. Then we learned in the last Mishnah that on the holiday they divide equally. And if you tell me that the last day is Sunday, that means Shabbat was the seventh day. So that's holiday again. So of course they divide equally on the holiday. So you cannot tell me that when we said Yom Tov Samuch, it means that Friday is day one and Sunday is day uh, seven or the last day because or day eight because uh, that means Shabbat is the regal. Of course they divide equally. What's the Hadush of the Mishnah? So the Gemara said, I know what the case is. The case on Lefaneh meaning on Friday is it's the last day of the holiday. So Shabbat is really not a holiday. And the Sunday, which is after Shabbat, Yom Tov Rishon, that's when the holiday starts. It means the Shabbat before was not a holiday as well. And the Gebra says, So what's the reason why they're dividing equally? It's not a holiday, it's a regular Shabbat. Since these people are coming early, which means they have no choice to come, or they have to come on Friday, which means, not, not come on Friday, the people on Friday have to stay. stay. They're on me'ahir. They have to delay themselves because they can't leave. And the people on Sunday have to come early. When are they going to come? They can't come on Sunday. They can't come on Shabbat. So since these people have to come early, the Sunday people, and the Friday people have to stay late and without a choice, the rabbis made a takanak, everybody should eat equally together. Good? So that is the hedush of the... Mishnah comes to the Gemara and says, The Biuda said that the Divi is seven and five. So the Gemara wants to know why, why the discrepancy of two. Doesn't it make sense to split it six and six? Like the Tarakamah said, why does the Biuda hold that the Mishmar and Nichnas gets two extra? That's the Gemara's question again. Hani Tarte. My abitayu, the two extra loaves that the mishmar and nichnas gets. What's the logic? They get paid for closing the gates. You have to remember when the mishmar hayotze leaves, they open the gates, and now you're giving these mishmar and nichnas extra work. They got to go now and close the gates. So you got to compensate them for that extra work. So therefore, in the payment for closing the gates after the Mishmara Yotze, they get an extra two loaves. So it's seven and five. That's the Biudah's logic. Comes the Gemara and says, Let the Mishmar that's leaving tell the Mishmar that's entering, Dal Bedal, which means subtract and subtract. Which means he's saying like this, get rid of this law over here. Let them argue like this. Mishmar and Nichnas, you're getting seven this week. But next week when you leave, you're only getting five. So therefore, let's, let's get rid of this law of the seven and five. What are you gaining? Let's just make it six and six. Means why, why can't the Mishmar and Yotzeh tell them, let's do away with this hawk over here? 
you know, you're not gaining anything. You're getting seven this week. Well, the next week when you leave, you're only getting five. So take six now and you get six later. Why, why can't they say that? What's the logic here? So the Gemara says, Abad Abayeh. Abayeh says, well, it's based on an old adage. Bosina taba mikra. A small gourd is greater than a uh, big squash. Which means to say like this. A guy comes along and says, listen, there's a small little squash. It's attached in the ground. You can take it now. But if you want to leave it till it grows, yeah, it'll get bigger, you could wait. So the adage says, take it now. Because you don't know what's going to happen in a week from now. Which means in a week from now, the guy, uh, he can uh, change his mind. Right? And he's not going to want to give it to you. Or maybe uh, he's not going to need it. The guy's not going to need it. So therefore, whatever you can get now, take now. So the same thing over here. You're giving me seven now. I don't care about next week. Next week, they're going to give me five. I'll worry about next week. Which means, maybe something will happen next week for some reason that uh, I'm not going to get the five. So therefore... Take what you can take now. So that's what they'll answer back. You know, uh, don't, He's worth much of it. Exactly. Whatever it is now, take it now. Don't, don't, don't delay. How about a view that? view that comes along and says, Umusafin Holkin. He says that regarding, just like we said, they split the Lechem Panim, the Mishmar Ayyotseh and Mishmar Neknas also split the Kurban Musaf of Shabbat. Okay? So that's a Hiddush. So now, what are you splitting of the Quran Musaf? She says the orot, the skins, the skins of the animals are divided between Mishmara Yotzei and the Knas. Maybe the Gemara has a question. Gemara's question is Mishmara Yotzei, the Mishmar that leaves Oset Tamid Shel Shahar. They bring the morning Tamid. Umusafin, and they bring as well the Quran Musaf. Mishmara Nichneset, the Mishmar that. Enters Oset Tamichel ben Arbaim. They are involved in the afternoon korban. Ubazichin. They put the frankincense and the spoons on the table. And that's all the Brayta says. The ilum musafin holkin lokedani. It doesn't say anything about them splitting the musaf. So that's a question. Hey, Rabbi Yudai, you said they split the musaf. It doesn't say anything about the splitting of the musaf. I said, what are you talking about? Hai tanab halukalu kamaidi. This bright is not even talking about splitting. It's just discussing who brings what korban. We're talking about splitting anything over here, but it doesn't say anything about the splitting of the lahmapanim either. So therefore, that's not a question why it doesn't mention anything about the splitting of the musaf. Okay, fine. Amalaba vehad tana de beshimuel de ma'idi b'haluka u'musafin hokin loketari. I'm going to quote a bright and the name of the uh, beshimuel and from the bright of the of the of the bepnas of shimuel and that bright is talking about splitting. And still it doesn't mention the splitting of Musaf. Four Kohanim would stand by the table. Two from the exiting Mishmar and two from the entering Mishmar. And they split the But it doesn't say anything about the splitting of the Musaf. And don't tell me that this bright does not talking about splitting. It is talking about splitting. This indeed is a question or refutation against the Yudah that says they split the Musaf. Now you can ask a question as she says. What are you talking about? Al-Mishnah that was talking about splitting 
only discussed the splitting of the lechem apanim. Because our Mishnah and the Amud Rishon talked about that the Mishmar and Nechnas and Yosef divide the lechem apanim. It was actually a makhluk. Some say six and six, some say seven and five. But what do you mean? You could ask about Mishnah. Well, it doesn't say anything about Musafim. Bomb question. So that she says, actually, Al Mishnah also wasn't involved in splitting. It only mentioned the division of Lehama Panim because we were on the subject of Lehama Panim on the Regal. Which is once we were discussing that there's an equal division of the 24 Mishmarot on the Lehama Panim of the Regal. So, as a tangent, so we went into Lehama Panim of every week. But that wasn't the purpose of the Mishnah to discuss all the items that were divided. And therefore, you can't ask a question from Al Mishnah. However, the Braita that's specifically talking about splitting, Akbar only mentioned Lehmabin didn't mention Musaf. You see that Rabbi Yudas refuted. Comes again, I continues. Bilga, Le'olam, Choleket, Badarom. Bilga always divided the Lehmabin, even when they were the entering. Huh? The ones that enter the Mishmara Nechnas, they divide the Lechem Apanim in the north. So everybody will know that they are Nechnasim. Again, the northern part is the main area. That's where they brought the Kodesh Kodeshim, the Kermar Hatat, etc. And therefore, that's the primary area. So we let them stand there to divide. So everybody knows they are the entering Equally, they put the Mishmar Yotzeh on the southern side, which is not the prominent side, in order that everybody will know that they are the Mishmar that is leaving. Comes the Gemara and says, Bilga, that Mishmar is called Bilga. They always divide the bread, even when they enter in the south. Tanurabanan. Miriam, the daughter of Bilga. Bilga was the Kohen. He had a daughter called Miriam. She uh, she left, she abandoned her Judaism. And she be, I have Shinishtamida. Shinishtamida. Okay, different can sell it over here. Either way, she became an apostate, which means she converted to other religions. And she went and married an officer of the Greeks. This was in the times of the Yevanim. Right? The times of the Hashmonaim, actually, which we'll see now. When the Yevanim, the Greeks, entered the Echal to defile the temple. She took a shoe and she was stomping on the Mizbeah. And she said to the Mizbeah, Lucas, Lucas. She said in uh, Greek, Lucas means a ze'ev, a wolf. She called the Mizbeah a wolf. Until when are you going to down and, and, and devour the money of B'nai Yisrael? All these Kurmanot cost money. And you're like a wolf. You're wolfing down all these korbanot over here and you're destroying the money of Israel. <laughs> and you don't protect them in their time of need. Which is here the Greeks are coming in and, and uh, you know, defiling them at the Mikdash. What are you, what are you worth, Ms. Bayah? So she made uh, a strong statement against the when the rabbis heard this is Miriam, the daughter of the queen, she made such uh, inflammatory, derogatory statements against the Mizbeah. We have to penalize the whole Mishmar. So they uh, sealed up their ring 
v'satmu et chalona, and they sealed up their locker. Okay, but I was going to say, what do you mean? Just because uh, one of the, the girls of the uh, family sinned, so you punished the whole uh, family? Come okay, on, I'll explain. The Yeshorim, some say, no, no, the, the penalty was for a different reason. Always the Mishmar of Bilga was always late, which means they're supposed to come Shabbat. They always came late. And therefore, the Hagamim penalized them. Now, Yashbeb was the Mishmar that preceded Bilga. Which means in the list of uh, Mishmarot, there was a order. So you had Yashbab first, followed by Bilga. So Yashbab always ended up filling in, late. staying late for Bilga that always came late. Now even though they were neighbors with a Rasha, because their Mishmar was back to back. And we have a normal rule, that woe to the Rasha, woe to his neighbors. Here, Yashbeb, even though he was a neighbor of Bilga in Mishmarot cycle, he benefited as a result. Why? Uh, Normally, the neighbors of the Shaim do not get rewarded, they don't gain. On the contrary, usually they get punished. But the neighbors, meaning Yashbib, benefited. How? Because when, when Bilga came in, they divided the Le'ima Panim in the south. The Yashbeb Ahib Safon. And Yashbeb, even though they were the Mishmar that was leaving, they got to divide in the north. So they benefited by being the neighbor of Bilga. Again, we learned that Bilga was punished. Even when they entered, they divided in the less prominent side in the south. That means, who benefits automatically? Yashbeb. Because even though the Mishmar Ayyot said that normally should be in the south, they can't be in the south because Bilga is there. So they got the benefit that they divided as well when they went out in the north. So they went against the rule. Normally, here, by, as a result of being the neighbor of these Rishayim in Bilga, they benefited. I understand according to the opinion that says that the Mishmar was late, you know, to come to the service. Right. I understand uh, that you would penalize the entire Mishmar. But according to the opinion that says, because this girl, Miriam Bat Bilga, that she became an apostate, different girls out of it. What's your girls out You read it? Mishum Bartak and Sina Because the daughter sinned So therefore you're going to penalize the entire or the, the father Yes indeed Like the people say The speech that a child uses in the marketplace or the Abu, or the Imeh. He heard it either from the mother, or the father, or the mother. That she says, When a child speaks in the marketplace, If she didn't hear her father talking derogatorily against the Abu she never would have said such statements. Shuta Dibur. Again, the word shuta means a dibur. Now, the Mefarshim say, the Ba'le Musar say that, Hatz shalom. don't think the Kohen came home and 
called the Mizbeah a wolf, right. or called the Mizbeah derogatory words, probably he portrayed a negative attitude towards the service. Might be that when he came home from a long day in the Beit HaMikdash, he said, wow, what a tiring day in the Beit HaMikdash, what a burdening day in the Beit HaMikdash, feeding that Mizbeach, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm worn out. And since he referred to the Beit HaMikdash's service in a negative way, so his daughter took it to another level. Those negative attitudes were gotten in the house. Uh, could be if he would have came up from the Beit HaMikdash and would have said, wow, what is the chut it is to serve in the Beit HaMikdash? What an honor to be a Kohen, to serve next to the Mizbeah. She would not have had those negative attitudes. So you see over here a great lesson in parenting, that we also teach our children attitudes. She's the way we react to certain things, that's going to be our children's attitude. But we see even worse, that our children are going to take it maybe to a a more extreme level. And that's why uh, Rav Moshe Feinstein, alav shalom, was uh, common to say why the early Europeans, when they came to this country, their children, uh, became, they were Shemesh Shabbat, but their children became Mahalalei Shabbat. And Rav Moshe Feinstein explained is that, yes, the parents of those children were Shemesh Shabbat, but what did those children hear on the Friday night table? They heard their parents so saying, whoa, what a sacrifice this Shabbat is. We're giving up our livelihood, we're giving up not to go to work. What a great Mesirut uh, Nefesh we have to do for the Shabbat. So the children heard that Shabbat is a sacrifice, Shabbat is difficult, Shabbat is hard. When they grew up, they said, yes, and we don't have that uh, strength and bravery of our parents. Eh, we, we, we're not heroes like that. And they went to work. And if those parents would have came home and said, Shabbat, we don't have to go to work, we're waiting for this day all, all week long, we're lucky that we have it. Could be those children would have adopted those positive attitudes of of their parents, and they too would have had a positive attitude. Therefore, the Gemara says, if Miriam Bat Bilga was talking negative, you got to punish the whole Mishmar, because that doesn't happen in the vacuum. She must have heard those attitudes from her father, and therefore they punished the entire Mishmar as well. That continues, Umishum, Abu just because the mother and the father of, of uh, Miriam, Miriam bat Bilga, just because her father, the Gemara says, <coughs> spoke disparagingly in the house against the Kehuna. So because of that, so we punish the entire Mishmar. Why do we punish the entire Mishmar? Just because the mother and the father uh, were not uh, doing their job as parents. So the Gemara says, Bayet teaches us a rule. Woe to the Rasha and woe to his neighbors. <coughs> Which means, you're right, even though Bilga was considered the villain in this story because he didn't give the proper Hinuch to his children. And that's why Miriam went to the Mizbeah and said, Lucas, Lucas. However, since <coughs> there was a full Mishmar besides Bilga, there were other people there. So the Gebarah says, if the Rasha gets punished, those that are close to the Rasha as well also get punished. And then she brings a proof to this by the laws of Negaim. The law says that if somebody gets a <coughs> nega, a sada'at, leprosy on the wall, but he shares a common wall with his neighbor, now he's getting punished because he was a, uh, a not sada'at. He was miserly, he didn't lend out his vessels to his neighbors. His neighbor came to him and said, can I borrow something? He said, no, I don't have it, uh, I'm using it. He's a cheapskate, he doesn't want to give out his vessels. So the Torah punishes him by putting a nega on his wall. Now the Torah says, what do you have to do? You have to knock down the wall. 
But who's going to get punished besides the Rasha? His neighbor, because he's attached to him. So therefore you see, Oila Rasha, Oila Shekhenu. From the fact that he was a neighbor with a Rasha, even though technically he's really not guilty of anything, <coughs> but that's the way it works. The Rasha and his neighbor also get punished. That's what Rashi says on the bottom. Beturat Kohanim Tanya, Vechelitzu et Abanim. So you'll knock down the stones. Negar uh, be'eben. You have a negar and a stone. That's in the corner. That's a shared wall. Cholzin. You're not get that. Even though the negar is only on one side, and the <coughs> perpetrator. Sorry, Since his he was uh, miserly, not lending his vessels. Havero his friend is going to get punished on his account. Mikan Amru, Oy la Rasha, Oy Lishkeno. So that she says, if the principle is Oy la Rasha Lishkeno, Umimela Tov la Tzadik Tov Lishkeno. We can say the opposite as well. That if a person is next to a Tzadik, not only does the Tzadik benefit, but his neighbor also benefits as well. Shechen Midat Tova Miruba. Because we know God's goodness is 500 times greater than his punishment. And therefore, for the punishment, we say the neighbor of the Rasha gets the negative impact. So, Koshiken, the Tzaddik, is going to impact his friend also and his neighbor favorably. <coughs> the Gebra proves this. The Gebra says, Tov, that Tzaddik. Tov, the Shkenot, Emar. Imrut, Tzaddik. And they say, regarding the Tzaddik, Ki Tov. That he is good. Because the fruit of the good deeds, they will eat. Now, for the fact that the Pasuk uses a plural language, it means that not only does he benefit from his fruits, but the neighbor also benefits as well. <coughs> It has been said that there is a connection between the end of Masechet Sukkah and the beginning of the next Masechet, Masechet Betzah. I saw a hadith from the Meshi Lawah. The Meshi Lawah says that when somebody reads the story about Miriam Bad Bilga, he might question, I still don't understand it, it's not fair. Why does Borei Olam punish an entire Mishmar just because one girl from the Mishmar, a daughter of the Kohen of the Mishmar, acted in a bad way? Is that fair? Is that, uh, is that true justice? So the next word in the uh, Linmud is Betzah. The Hakamim tell us that the uh, throat of a person, the uh, gullet of a person, can hold the shi'ud of a betzah. That's the, the width and the, uh, <coughs> the shi'ud of, you know, to clog up a person's uh, uh, throat. It's the shi'ud of a betzah. So what they're telling the person is, keep quiet. Don't ask questions on Borei Olam. Borei Olam decided, to, and the rabbis decided to punish the entire uh, Mishmar, and you have a question, it's not fair, it's not right, so the next word is Betzah. Put a Betzah in the guy's mouth, just keep him quiet. To cork his mouth, so he won't have any claims against Borei Olam. Borei Olam is Yashar. Everything he does, there's a reason. If you not, might not know the reason, the Gemara uh, assumed that Achamim obviously knew exactly what they were doing. Baruch Adonai Olam. Amen. Amen. Amen.